Welcome back to A Dragon Tamer's Fable. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please do. This is a full-length novel, and you're going to get lost if you don't start with the prologue. In Chapter 25, Seb returned to Deep Creek, proposing to Fauna and inviting his mother to stay in Imperior. In this episode, Chapter 26, we meet the Elvish King, and things get heated between the elves. Alright, let's dive in. Arthur and Vivian were walking around the palace together, discussing future guard details, when Ryan jogged up to them. He nodded as a greeting, his handsome face was serious. He was in uniform, distinguished as a captain by a red medal over his heart. Our dragons have received word from the city guards. The elvish king and his outfit should be here in the next five minutes. I wasn't sure who I should inform since Seb isn't here. Ryan looked between the two older men. Thank you for telling us, Ryan. We'll handle it. Could you inform the princess, please? Vivin dismissed him, and he and Art hurried to the Great Hall. It was terribly informal to receive the king without some form of royalty present. A council member and a Cayenne leader would have to do. They decided to meet him outside of the palace to watch the elvish dragons fly in. They were gorgeous creatures. All of them were scaled in pastel hues, and more slender body than Rhydonian dragons. They looked delicate, but they were still powerful creatures despite their appearances. The Elvish King's dragon was the largest of the incoming group. The dragon was powder blue in color and was draped in thin golden bands. The dragon of an indisputable king. Nine others formed the group. The elegant dragons landed gracefully and the elves dismounted. The Elvish King approached the men tensely and two elves followed at his heel. Both had long hair down to the mid of their backs, though one was light blonde and the other dark brown. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, your majesty. The humans bowed their heads respectfully. They had already met the king before on one of his previous visits. It was evident he didn't want to waste time on pleasantries. This way, sir. Vivin led the ensemble through the massive wooden doors. Forgive my abruptness, but how is she? Lord Oril asked. Their boot heels clacked against the marble floors, and they hurried up a wide staircase. She's been looked after by the best physicians in the city, and she seems quite well, though she's been quiet, Arthur answered. It unnerved him that the elves were taller than he and Vivin. Not by much, but enough for a grown man to feel a bit small. The elvish king didn't reply. His pale face was expressionless. The humans had much they needed to say to the elf, but now wasn't the time. They stopped in an oak door far down the broad hallway. Two human guards were posted there, but Art gave them a nod and they cleared away. With a quick knock, the king opened the door and let himself in. The dark-haired guard turned to the other elves and gave them positions. Five were instructed to patrol the palace, and two were posted at the grand stairway they had just used. He and his blonde companion, stood sentinel outside the princess's door. Lord Oril's room is two doors down, across the hall. If you need anything, please let us know. Vivin informed the elvish guards, and he and Art quickly left the tense scene. They hadn't needed to excuse Seb or bring up anything awkward. Vivin didn't blame the king for being so urgent in seeing his daughter.
The princess rose from her chair at the knock, and her father entered, shutting the door quietly. He strode over to her with an expression of gratitude and relief, and embraced her tightly. She put her arms around her father's neck and returned the sentiment, though her embrace was far more rigid. He pulled back and took her face in his soft hands, looking at her with intense compassion and tenderness. My sweet felly, are you all right? The princess nodded, unable to speak. She was wrought with unease. You are so pale and thin. What did they do to you? What happened? Her father, who was scarcely expressive, was brimming with emotion. It's a long story, she replied quietly. Please, sit down. He brought a chair angled to hers and sat forward on the seat. His rich, animal-hide traveling robes and leather boots had mud flecked over them. Her father usually kept his appearance meticulous. He prompted her into speaking. You went back to Rydon for a final visit before Leo planned to move forward on the Nin, and when you were expected to return, only your guards came. The princess nodded, keeping her hands folded in her lap so he wouldn't see them tremble with anxiety. Yes. The prince and several of his guards did me the honor of escorting me. They were going to take me to the Ayanktara, but we were intercepted by Black Kai. It was thirty or so of them against perhaps ten of us. We had no choice but to submit. Her father clicked his tongue in annoyance, and she continued with a waver in her voice. They insisted that I went with them. So I sent my guards home to you, and Leo returned here. None of them were willing to leave me. But my life was... She cleared her throat. <clears throat> I was leverage. I assume, to hold off the battle between the Cayenne and Black Eye. But the battle proceeded regardless, and the prince was slain. Lord Oril added the information that he knew. Felicita inclined her head, trying not to think of the deceased prince. And the great tamer, Alor, he rescued you. Felicita nodded. He rescued me, and found the Rhydonian crown, and defeated the Nin leader. A fine list of accomplishments, he murmured. But how are you, Flea? We have been worried senseless about you. I have never seen an elf more distraught than Kael. He's waiting outside the door for you when we have finished speaking. She raised her head at the mention of his name. Kael was her father's blonde-haired personal guard, and the elf she had been promised to for well over two centuries. Felicita paled noticeably, and her father took her hand in his. Dear, are you unwell? His deep blue eyes searched her face caringly. You can tell me anything. You know that, don't you? There is not a thing you can say that will deter my happiness at seeing your face. Felicita struggled with her emotions and exhaled deeply. Words refused to come to her, and her cheeks flushed back from their paleness. The king watched her worriedly. He could tell she was struggling with whatever she needed to say. No one has hurt you, have they? He asked in a low, anxious tone. The princess shook her head. She had to say it. She had to get it over with. Now. With a single breath. Over the past year, I've been having an affair with Leo, and I'm carrying his child. The king dropped her hand and sat back in immediate shock. 
The princess stared at the floor in shame. She looked up after considerable silence. Her father was gazing at a random spot on the floor. His silence continued, and Felicitas said, Say something, please. However, the king remained silent and grave. When he still refused to speak, she pleaded, Dad, say something, please. The elvish king stirred and leaned forward, rubbing his face wearily. She expected anything other than what followed. Kyle is going to be devastated. The princess felt a glint of annoyance. Why would he be devastated? Her father looked up at her in exasperation. Philly, Kyle absolutely adores you. He worships the ground you walk on. Her face burned. He's failed to show it. Failed to show it? He exclaimed, sitting up. Have a heart, Philly. When we first received news of your capture, Grimmin and I quite literally held him back from flying to rescue you. I had to threaten him and his dragons several times with imprisonment, knowing that if he stormed the Nin army, they would have had you killed. Her father didn't sound angry, but he was thoroughly upset. He asked me every single day since your capture to come to ride on to rescue you. Do you know how difficult it was to deny him when I wanted nothing more than to do the very same myself? He has been the most miserable soul all this time. The princess was silent. If Kael showed his passion for her when she was gone, but not when she was present, then... I need to process this. I do not know where to begin. He stood up and exhaled deeply, heading to the door without looking at his daughter. Felicita rose and took a few steps after him. She wanted to speak now. She had been imagining their conversation ever since she realized she was pregnant. But her father was distressed at the information and no doubt exhausted from his journey. The conversation would have to continue some other time. He opened the door, and as he stepped out, Kael rushed in. He embraced her more tightly than he ever had before. Think the ancients are all right, Fully, he murmured above her pointed ear. The door clicked closed behind the elvish king. Kyle did the same as Lord Oril. He took her face in his hands and looked at her with intense concern. Then he kissed her forehead and her red lips deeply. The elvish princess felt an unprecedented flurry of emotions storm inside her. She drew her lips away in confusion. She felt shame, guilt, and anger. You have no idea how worried I've been, dear one. Kyle stroked her cheek and Felicita drew away again, trying to keep hold of her emotions. Kyle, stop, please. Stop? Stop what? The elf asked, still holding her arm. Do you need to sit? Your cheeks are flushed fully. The concern in his voice and the use of her pet name ripped into her pained heart. She made the mistake of glancing up into his sky-blue eyes, which were filled with worry. She backed away. I'm pregnant, she breathed, with Prince Leo's child. Kyle froze. The princess folded her arms across her chest, holding her breath. What? he whispered. The princess kept her gaze from him. We have been having an affair since I started visiting Rhydon last year. 
I'm two months along in the pregnancy at most, she said quietly. Kyle remained silent. His face was tense, and his chest had begun to rise and fall more and more quickly. She expected him to shout, crates above, even strike her. But he turned on his heel and hauled open the door, slamming it so hard behind him that the old door nearly cracked. She heard someone shout his name, Kyle. and she ran to the door and into the hall. But Kyle was already gone. The dark-haired guard, Grimmin, turned to her in grave bewilderment and questioned, What in the name of the crates did you say to him? She felt ill. There was no point in hiding it. In a matter of months, there would be no way of hiding it anyway. I'm carrying Prince Leo's child. The guard stared at her in shock, then looked towards the stairs in grief for his friend. The elvish king walked through the familiar marble corridors. Grimmin followed behind him, though Kael had disappeared for well over an hour. He noted that the prince's study was unguarded, and decided instead to seek solace in the library. Several people were in the spacious yet cozy room, including Vivin and Alice. She pointed to a book on a higher section of a shelf than she could reach, and Vivin took it down for her with a grin. He had a crimson-covered dossier in his other hand. The king approached them and dipped his head slightly. Would you happen to know if the Great Tamer is on the palace grounds at the moment? Alice glanced at Vivin, who replied, Unfortunately, he isn't. He's home for a short visit, though he should be returning to the city within a week. Where is home? Deep Creek, a small town on the other side of the country, sir. Ah, yes, I remember now, Lord Oro recalled. And he trained within your group, did he not? He did. He noticed the humans stiffen with surprise. Nothing about his life will be private anymore, he said with a faintly amused tone. As he sat in a velvet chair, he asked, And how skilled is he? He is relatively new to taming, is he not? Alice and Vivin sat down on a settee, feeling it would be rude to stand when the royalty was seated. Alice nodded. Though you wouldn't know to look at the pair, he and Nocte are impressive. I heard of his latest exploits. I am well aware of Rhydon's unrest with the Nin these past years. If tradition follows, there should be a calm for a century or two, on that particular front. Alice smiled in her typical, cheerful way. It was a sight to see, from the start of the battle to the seizing of the crown. You are there for the entire event, the king asked with particular interest. Would you be so good as to recount it? Alice and Vivin took turns retelling the battle, and the princess's rescue, and the retrieval of the crown, in a way only a close couple could. They easily picked up after each other's sentences, and added in whatever the other left out. You two helped save Felicita's life, then, the king concluded. Alice and Vivin blushed. It could hardly be called that. To be honest, we were following Seb's lead, somehow, Alice replied. He had such authority over the situation that we swapped roles. She grinned, and Vivin nodded in agreement. Take credit where credit is due, the king said softly. You said yourself, you fought in the guard while Masters Vivin and Alor were detained. So thank you both. I owe you a debt. 
couple shifted uncomfortably at the king's gratitude. Should you ever need anything, you have but to ask. That isn't necessary. Alice jumped to her feet after glancing at Vivian's watch. But thank you. I'm sorry, but I have a previous engagement to attend to. She glanced down at Vivian before hurrying out of the library with her book. Vivian stood up after her. I agree with Alice. With all due respect, Seb is the one you should thank. Without him leading the army, your daughter's rescue could have been delayed interminably. The king nodded and thought carefully about the information he had obtained. Felicita had been kept in a cell-like room for weeks. He should have made an advance. He would have, though he knew it would be considered an invasion of Rhydon. He stood and asked Vivin before he left. Am I right to assume you know the Great Tamer reasonably well? The human nodded, and the elf continued. Perhaps you would know the best way to repay him, then. I am unfond of owing debts. I hope you understand. Vivin scratched his stubble thoughtfully and sighed after a moment. Seb's a quiet person, and when he tells you that there's nothing to be repaid, because he undoubtedly will, he won't say any more on the subject. Vivin paused and added as an afterthought. If you were willing to answer any questions about dragons he might have, he would be thrilled, however. The Elvish King raised his dark eyebrows. Dragons. As Great Tamer, it would make sense for him to be fond of them. Vivin inclined his head. Sorry I couldn't be of more help, but Seb only cares about three things. Dragons, his mother, and his future fiancé. Vivin added hastily, and books. Is it a safe assumption that he's returned to Deep Creek to engage this young lady? Yes, sir. The king began to fit pieces of the puzzle together. The events surrounding his daughter's capture and rescue, and what could possibly draw the great tamer away from the capital city. Thank you, Master Vivin, for your patience in answering my questions. It was my pleasure. Vivin dipped his head before striding out of the library with one hand in his pocket and the other holding the dossier. Kyle stopped at the princess's door and asked the guards on duty, Is anyone with her? No, Captain, one of the elves replied. They wore forest green uniforms hemmed in gold. With their stoic expressions and perfect posture, they showed the qualities of a highly trained unit. The platinum blonde elf nodded. You're relieved then. Go and share your bags made it to the guard quarters. The guards bowed their heads and Kyle slipped into the princess's room without a knock. She glanced up from the book she was reading, startled. Seeing it was Kyle, she immediately closed it. His fair face was clouded over. She started to rise, but he raised a hand. I want to know why. His voice was cold and harsh. Why? Why? I want to know why you cheated. And why with the prince? Why now? I want to know why. Kyle's voice rose, and the color heightened in his cheeks. You didn't have the decency to speak to me about this sooner. A year. You have been sleeping with him for nearly a year. The hurt and anger in his voice was very real. 
Princess Felicita attempted to remain calm. She kept her hands folded in her lap and her eyes on his. He gave me something you haven't. Kyle was nearly trembling with rage. I am well aware since you're carrying his child, he spat vehemently. The princess flushed and rose to her feet defensively. I wasn't referring to that, though it was a factor, yes. He was affectionate and passionate and exciting. He made me feel like my presence was wanted. Kyle rolled his eyes, even more deeply hurt than before. I have no doubt, just like he did with all of the other females he's bedded. Do you really think he cared for you? He was known even in our land for being a dog. You didn't know him, so do not speak ill of him. He was everything I needed, and that was enough. She shouted, her cheeks flaring. I could have been everything you needed, Kyle thundered, taking a few steps toward her. I thought I was doing the honorable thing by respecting your body and taking our relationship slowly. Two hundred years, Kai. Two wasteful centuries of smothered affection. Yes, only two centuries. Elves take things slowly. Love does not need to be a flurry of outward passion. This, he gestured to her stomach, is the result. What do you think would have happened if he lived fully? Kyle was quite close to her now, though the princess refused to back away. Do you think he would have married you? Do you think your father would have let him? I wouldn't have been surprised if Leo told you to get rid of it. She slapped him so hard, her hands stung. Kyle scarcely flinched, but he did go quiet. I should have known. I should have known there was too much human in you. He strode over to the door and added over his shoulder, Consider our relationship ended, your highness. The elf slammed the door shut again, and the princess returned to her chair, crying bitterly. Thanks for listening to Chapter 26 of A Dragon Tamer's Fable, and thank you for supporting the podcast so far. I hope you're enjoying it. If you are, please share, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're able to give a DTF an extra hand, please check out the support tab on the website. To stay up to date on content, check out a DTF podcast on Instagram or Facebook. As always, feel free to email dragontamerpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts so don't be shy. Until next time, keep slaying anything but dragons. <laughs>